Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we discuss entertainment and media, namely movies. You got me. I'm you, in your you head. You did it. You got in my head. Movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston Doyle, as always, by my delightful co-host. <laughs> did that. <laughs> I'm not drunk. You're drunk. Bat Matt, it's me. Hey, everybody. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and check out our Instagram highlights. feel like I'm saying this a lot. Starting to feel like this is the only, only purpose to my... My meaningless little menial existence. Well, if it's if it's a purpose to your existence, then it's not a meaningless existence. Well, but if the purpose itself is ultimately meaningless, then is not my existence itself just a futile attempt to impose meaning on its meaninglessness? This conversation is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I've been watching BoJack Horseman. I'm morose. <laughs> Instagram highlights. That's where we post. Uh, there's interesting stuff. There's fan engagement stuff. We'll uh, post uh, questions. Try to spark some discussion for upcoming episodes. Yep. Um, keep and pictures of Preston ideas. and the Toga. We do want to steal your ideas. We have. We average about four ideas a year between us, yeah. and we steal the rest from more interesting and smarter people. Yes, definitely. I mean, literally, like we have a whole spreadsheet of episode ideas. And maybe three of them came from us. Yep. It's a good time. <laughs> it's a good time. So that's uh that's at just us losers pod at Instagram.com. This whole series, this is part four of a whole episode series. This whole yeah. series was recommended by someone. Exactly. By our friend Carter, who also helps run our social media. Shout out Carter. We love him. What yeah, a guy. He's alright. Yep. <laughs> I think take him or leave him. <laughs> <laughs> eh. All right. What a weird ending to this. <laughs> Matt, what you been up to? So, stop me if you've heard this one before. The original comes out, and it's beloved. It's got great characters and some good moments, some emotions, but it, it wraps things up nicely. And then along comes the sequel. It's a little bigger, a little bolder, a little darker. The emotional themes get more mature. Um, there's there's more plot threads, and there's some stuff that they don't quite know what to do with, and it, it gets a little too expansive, and they... Um, there's some some dropped plot threads and some missed opportunities, but on the whole, it's a it's a satisfying follow up. Is this a? I mean, Star Wars? Is that what you're trying to get me to? Or Terminator? Or Aliens? Oh. Or any of all the sequels? Anyway, uh, uh not Ocean's Twelve. Not Ocean's. Well, <laughs> Ocean's Twelve is not. Darker it's not darker. It's not no. better. Yeah. In any way at all. No, I didn't say better. <laughs> oh, that's true. I did not say better. But it is also none of the descriptors that you gave for the sequel. This is true. Well, it's bigger and messier. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. I wouldn't even say it's bigger. It's just I think messier. It's just messier. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, P.S. All the Boys, uh, I Still Love You, All the Boys. Yeah. Netflix. That, that one. <laughs> P.S. All the Boys, I Love You. <laughs> What's the actual title? I wrote it in my phone. I can't Is it remember. To all the Boys I've Loved Before, a sequel? It, yes. Uh, to All the Boys, colon, P.S. I Still Love You. Uh, I see. Fits the description to a T. Yeah. It's right. uh, it's bigger. It's a little bolder. It's more emotionally mature. You know, the, yeah. the characters get together at the end of the first one. Um, boy meets girl lives happily ever after. Except what happens when they're trying to live happily ever after? They die. Sad and alone. Spoilers. Didn't think you'd seen it. No, I just know how these things work. Okay. My life is a rom-com. Yeah. Is it a rom-com or is it just a romance? It's a rom-com. It's a rom-com. My it's, life's a it's rom-com. It's pretty commie. Yeah. My last, last year, my relationship with Kaylin is pretty rom commy. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're dumb. <laughs> You're rom commies. Yeah. Comrade. Yeah, no, it's um 
it's good there's it there are definitely a lot of plot threads that it kind of picks up and then doesn't know what to do with and mm-hmm. just kind of lets them flutter off into the wind good like um, fluttering off into the wind yeah there's some there's definitely some moments where you go eh like character motivation what's the point of this scene what's going on here but it uh it does a good job i think of following up and continuing the story of the first one and i really like just the um the messy day-to-day little decisions and difficulties of maintaining a relationship and stuff. It does that really effectively, I think. And it's dramatized a little bit and blown up because it's a popular high school romance series, basically. Um, But it's, it's effective. And I think it mostly works. All right. So uh, probably not as good as the original, but I think it's a wholly satisfying and solid Isn't sequel. There a third one? There is. Just okay. came out a couple months ago, that's, I think. Yeah, that's right. Haven't got to that one yet. Did you start watching it because the sequel came out? Or are mm. these ones you've seen you had seen before? I had not seen them before. Are you working towards the sequel? Is that why you're watching them? Uh we were well, Hannah and I watched it together. We've mm-hmm. watched them together. Um we were looking for something to watch. It might have been Valentine's Day or it might have been just that weekend. We we're like, yeah, we'll do something kind of rom com and mm-hmm. Um, her sister had recommended the first one. Um, probably it was it had come to the forefront of her mind because the sequel had come out. Right. But I was like, yeah, all right, I'll watch that. Heard it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So we've gotten into it. All right. Good stuff. Nice. Check it out. Anything else? I said I started watching BoJack Horseman. I'll tell you how it is when I'm done, but I haven't tried to drink myself into a coma yet. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh all right um what have i done i've been reading comics but that's kind of a Nerd. normal thing Nerd. um i Nerd. just finished season nine of letter kenny it is the new season leave me alone you're so mean to me nerd mm. letter kenny <laughs> yeah i watched season nine of letter kenny i thought they were still in like season five or something so this no. is amazing to me no they kind of they kind of just drop them it, mm. it's a real there's not a whole lot of pop and circumstance to like the, at least for the last like four like that's probably the reason you really yeah. do this five because i kind of just drop them season nine happened i mean you it was on this episode that i discovered season nine had been released yeah. when you told me on the episode yeah um so i watched that i okay this is gonna sound bad for the show but i actually mean it as a compliment I don't think that there's going to be many more than a couple extra, a couple more seasons. Okay. Because I think you can kind of tell through the past several seasons that it's so Jared Kiso is the guy who wrote the, Mm -hmm. is the creator of the show. It started as just this YouTube, like little clip thing where he's the letteriest Kenny letteriest. Yeah. Uh, Well, lettered Kenny letter Kenny. Yeah. What? Um, he, uh, just, you know, little small town uh, Canadian mm-hmm. problems and stuff. And it kind of developed mm-hmm. into the show. And the last... He, he's been getting very crafty with the show. Okay. Um, leaning really heavily into what his humor is, which is, like, stagnant camera mm-hmm. and, like, drawn out, like, intentionally drawn... It's, like, the threshold of beating a dead horse to the point where beating that horse is funny okay like it, it it you make the joke it's kind of funny then you keep making the joke then you're like uh-huh but like the joke is that it goes long goes on longer than mm-hmm. like that's kind of the humor and it does it really really well yeah um and he's he's doing a lot of really interesting writing with just like the characters and stuff like that that is really minor and 
um, conceptual TV writing in such a way where it's pairing scenes. Like you can analyze them, Mm -hmm. but it's very obvious. So like, let's say, so there's this one episode where it's called the sleepover. It's cold outside and there's like four groups of people Mm -hmm. that are in the house together at at, at night doing a thing. Um, a group has a conversation, then the next group, and then it cuts to the next group, and they have the ex- almost the exact same conversation, and then the following two groups have almost the exact same conversation. And it cycles through all having kind of the same conversation, but more in the context of the, mm. like, who they are. And it's very obvious, but it's very, like, analytical. Like, he, like, he crafts these episodes. He doesn't come okay. up with funny, like, funny, it's not a sitcom where it's, like, right. wacky scenarios. It's, like... Um, I don't know. It, it's it's very particular. Yeah. And I can tell that he cares a lot about writing humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and also cares about the art form and I feel like Jared Kiso is going to so we know that season 10 is it was delayed because of um COVID, mm-hmm. like, but they are filming and they have said that they're going to do a season 11. But I feel like that's cutting it close to the end where he's just he's going to decide like I think it's time I moved on to bigger things. We might get a movie from him. Mm-hmm. Like stuff like that. It's, uh, he's, I think he's outgrowing it. Um, because unless he continues to do the show, cause the this, this show, if you compare season nine to season four, incredibly different. Mm-hmm. But if you've been watching through, it, he's kind of taken you along with that change okay. to where if you liked it early on, you also like it's, it kind of hones in the humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. It's just, I feel like it's not, it, it's, uh, it's not long, not long standing from here. Okay. Um, in a good way. And I'm really excited to see what he did. Um, also, I just thought of this. Uh, so I finished that. Mm-hmm. It's a good season. I loved it. Cool. Uh, good. Apparently season 10 is supposed to be even better, which I'm excited for. All right. This is a really, this isn't like a really what you've been up to. It's someone that I'm excited to see their creative development. Uh, so Brian David Gilbert. Who? I believe I've mentioned it before on the podcast. He has a very, anybody who watches him says he has the same energy as me. Um, he is almost, okay. almost exactly my age. Like the really goofy and just like, mm-hmm. like you use your body for humor and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, if you watch, there's a, he has a show called Unraveled. Okay. Uh, it's where he digs into uh, any, uh, an element of a video game too much like he did a like so skyrim oh this R- guy yeah that guy, this guy bdg brian david gilbert yeah okay uh, I know who so he is. Th- there's a video game called skyrim it's, it's uh it's an rpg game it's got a whole lot of world lore and they have a whole bunch of books in the game mm-hmm. that are maybe like if you printed it out on a page maybe five to ten pages it's not much of a book he printed all 300 of them out and read them all and did a full book report on all of the books way too hard for a video game but it's so <laughs> funny how he does that kind of stuff and he like he ranks dark souls uh enemies on mm-hmm. their ability to be a manager in a workplace <laughs> like <laughs> just sure un- unnecessary things um and and i loved it so much and he recently left that company that he was doing that for i see why he reminds people of you because you also are an unnecessary thing yes that is true in fact there we go uh, he left polygon which is the company that he did that show for mm-hmm. uh and he, he's pursued his own channel he's been doing mm-hmm. since then and it's just like it's goofy sketch humor but like just odd mm-hmm. um 
And he released something about uh, less than a week ago. You, you said a boat. A boot? Oh, Letterkenny's getting too to much you. Letterkenny. Oh no! Yeah. Uh, he released something a couple like about a week ago that is, it's a suspense. Like hmm. it, it's it's just out of left field. Like, okay. I think he's kind of the YouTube version of Jordan Peele. Okay. Where we've talked about it before a little bit. I don't think we've done a full episode on it of the ability to go from humor to drama and horror. Mm-hmm. Because we've talked, we have two specifically two people that uh, um, Jordan Peele and John Krasinski mm-hmm. uh, who've done that, and it it's really I'm excited to see. I I've seen through his other stuff; they're all comedy. His creative ca- capabilities, mm-hmm. and he did this, and it was a really interesting. It was um, kind of a a, 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 a a metaphor for grieving, and basically, okay. it's this guy named Jake uh from state farm yes uh watching so it's just the the clip and it's watching this 1994 um videotape of his dad saying oh hey like kind of it's it's his Mm -hmm. dad showing jake as a kid how to work a video camera and he's like yeah like this is me and stuff oh look at you little director honey come quick like look what he's doing blah 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 and it's Mm -hmm. like he picks up quickly and then it uh, gets to the end of it, and then it rewinds, and then it's different that time. <clears throat> and then it rewinds, and then it's different, and then it rewinds, and it kind of tells the story, and it's, like, there's an element of horror to it, because at one point it rewinds, and then it pans to the left, and there's this dark creature just standing in the doorframe, and he's like, who are you? How did you get in my house? Blah, blah, blah. Then rewinds, and it's, like, reading into it, it's like a metaphor for losing your father, like, in the mm-hmm. father, the dad knew he was like terminally ill so it's kind of like that regret of like spending time with your dad before he passes like that Uh, phenomenal (laughs) all right and i did not see it coming from him and just because of that i am going to be watching his career very closely because i've i've loved him so far would be watching your career with great interest yes can't do the voice nope um but no it's just i'm excited to see what he can do as a creative outlet and see Mm -hmm. what else he can create and i'm what's it called brian david gilbert just look up Brian David Gilbert okay. on YouTube. What's the particular video called? Uh, I think it's video for Jake or something like that. Okay. I can't remember. If you look up BDG, like just the letters BDG, mm-hmm. I'm sure it will be one of the first things. I'm actually going to pull it up right now, not watch it, but I okay. just so I have the video. Uh, BDG, enter. Uh, teaching Jake about the ga- camcorder, January 97. First thing that comes up, it's so good. I'm excited to see what else. I mean, if you want to, if you're really interested in like goofy stuff, watch the rest of his stuff. It's great. Love it. But until then, Matt. Preston. What news? Of, what's, been, what's been going on? Well, we got a couple of trailers this week for things that are apparently happening. Yeah, we did. Uh, Without Remorse. It's a Tom Clancy adaptation starring Michael B. Jordan. Yep. The second best Michael Jordan. uh yeah no remorse uh tom clancy which the the trailer so it's an it's an this is this this caught my attention the trailers it's an amazon prime show yeah and the trailer said uh written oh wait a second yeah no tom clancy did jack ryan didn't yeah he invented the character of jack ryan why did it use rainbow six as what tom clancy wrote that's probably the 
most high profile thing at this point in popular culture because of the game yeah well for, okay so that's impressive first of all that it is probably that you know of it i was not expecting you to know of the game i'm aware of many video games i have played very few <laughs> but uh, but it, what caught my attention is it's amazon prime mm-hmm. not cashing in on the ad perspective of their own show mm-hmm. like not behind not the writer who wrote john uh jack ryan right which is interesting to me i'm curious to see why they did that like how much of a different like if it's going to be so i guess well i guess the difficulty is the jack ryan tv show isn't really based on a particular book that's true necessarily and so if you say from tom clancy the creator of jack ryan people are like wait is this like the showrunner for the show or is it uh, i guess that's true uh jack ryan senior that gave yeah. birth to wait not gave birth to uh, <laughs> conceived <laughs> conceived was involved in the conception of yeah uh jack ryan i don't know i, I just caught my attention i'm curious to see yeah. I'm, I'm wondering if maybe it has to like because a rainbow six Siege is a shooter game pew 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 um and and this show does look a lot more movie tense and dramatic movie movie oh this movie looks a lot more <laughs> tense and dramatic than than jack ryan did i mean jack ryan had its have you did you ever watch jack ryan i would uh, yeah i told you to watch the first season oh yeah you did no you told me to watch the first season did i yeah no one knows if someone knows someone told someone to watch the first season right <laughs> i mean it looks it looks like something that i would like looks like a yeah probably another generic action thing with yeah. some good talent behind it looks and... like an extraction but like a little better yeah i could see it love the michael jordan setting a car on fire and, and then, then getting, getting in. into a target eye that's cool <laughs> I, was, I was i was really impressed by that scene yeah i'm excited to that's see. a that's a really good trailer scene right there because it gets yeah. you hyped but it's not like a reveal it's not something right. that would be cooler just to see the first time yeah i do hate when they try to do like a reveal thing it's just like i hope he's uh, they better hope he's not he didn't survive and then they do like a dramatic eye open i'm like he survived <laughs> yeah <laughs> but oh well no that looks fun yeah um before we get into the other one that you told me to watch Mm -hmm. uh that you also spelled horrendously wrong in the text and it took me so long to find the actual you spelled it like voyager so i thought it was actually like a fancy spelling of the word (laughs) and i couldn't find it for a solid five minutes oh gosh yeah i I transposed my a and y there yeah so i was just sorry about that i couldn't find i was like i see voyager but like (laughs) (laughs) uh before getting into that i would just i just want to mention um thunder force or thunder strike thunderball or thunder something um uh octavia spencer and melissa mccarthy oh yeah looks terrible <laughs> oh yeah i just wanted to i just wanted to put it out there it's a i think a netflix original movie mm-hmm. um just another commentary on superheroes and how superheroes bring super villains and just i was like i'm sick of these with bland comedy bland comedy Melissa McCarthy has been funny in a couple movies. She's really good in Gilmore Girls. Okay. She's kind of... Have you ever seen Identity Thief? No. She was kind of funny in that one. Okay. Just a little bit funny. She's she's better than Rebel Wilson. I was going to sure. say, she's a much better version of Re- Rebel Wilson. Yeah. It's like hit I, or miss on her, but like... <laughs> the, I think she does have some definite good roles, right. and on average, she can be pretty good. Yes. Uh, Octavia Spencer is just golden wherever she is. Yeah, no, it's she's... just the movie looks terrible. She's great, and it seems like she's been getting in, stuck in some bad stuff recently. Yeah. 
I think, well, that's probably how it happens. You know, you're in a bunch of stuff and then you kind of break out and then. You did I talk about that I'd seen stuff. Hidden Figures? Uh, when did you see it? Like three weeks ago. I don't think so. Oh, I watched Hidden Figures. Octavia Spencer's phenomenal in that. Yeah, she really is. But also, so is everyone else. That is an amazing movie. movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Voyager. Voyagers. Acid trip. Balls. Wow. Imagery. God, there's going to be so much. So many images. So many images. Yep. What is, is it just they're on a ship and they're taking a drug that's like trips them out and maybe like there's a couple of them breaking out and realizing that. And so they stop taking the drug and realize maybe there's some shenanigans happening. Uh, I think it's sort of the alternate. Um, So oh. it is a ship. It's a it's a colony ship that's traveling to another planet to colonize it. And it's going to take a long time to get there. Um, And they're taking the drug, at least if I read the trailer right. They're taking the drug to kind of suppress emotion and keep them orderly and in line. A couple of them realize that that's a bad thing or decide that that's a bad thing. Stop taking the drug and then they go nuts and party. Oh, there's going to be a lot of sex. Yes. There's going to be apparently many lions. Yes. I guess or something. Yeah. Well, it's all going to be blatantly hit you over the head. Obvious metaphors about like reverting to your animal nature. I think they say that much in the trailer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this no. is yeah this is the guy who made uh limitless yep. so i kind of feel like it's not gonna be very subtle no I, it looks fun looks interesting yeah might end up being a big swing and a miss but probably you know what i'm generally in favor of big swings and misses all right yeah yeah anything else other news uh quiet place 2 has been moved up to memorial day for its Yay! release finally a movie getting moved in the right direction yay so let's get hyped for that yeah that means oh man i don't know are we gonna have a chance to talk about that for before our next news update well we can push the news update back like a week if we need to. i don't know we'll see yeah um yeah so i'm i'm hyped for that of course yeah it's very good oh, me too i've been sustaining kind of a low level of hype over the past year um and it's time to start ramping that back up yeah but now you're gonna get back into a scream yes yeah good stuff yep Yep. i can't wait i i I need to go back and watch that trailer again just to get my hype back up you know what else i want to get my hype back up for but i don't want to hurt myself what batman yeah i i want to i want to just i want to be hyped about it but i don't want to hurt myself when's comic-con june yeah it's usually late july late july i'm never how I'm glad you're on this podcast with me because, God, like, I just, I'm so bad at knowing things. <laughs> I'm really I'm, good at knowing useless things. I'm good at theorizing based on information that I have been told within the past 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but I'm very bad at just remembering normal shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes us a good pair. What was that voice? Makes me more useful as a trivia teammate than you. Oh, snap. <laughs> no, I, so I hate Acknowledge trivia. that. <laughs> What else? Anything else? You wanted to rag on Zack Snyder's Justice League a little bit, even though we haven't even seen it yet. It's not out yet. Okay, Speaking so, of things I'm getting my hype ramped up oh for. Oh my god. Okay, so I've seen uh we've seen we've got reports that Warner Brothers has basically said, like there's an inside source that said Warner Brothers basically has been approaching this movie as just get it done and move on. Yep. Which is what I've been saying is the reason, the only reason I'm kind of excited for this movie. <laughs> I just want to be moved on. And like, it's, 
For people who have been listening to the podcast for the past year, I have actively complained about Zack Snyder constantly just sticking his face back on social media, talking about his versions, yeah. which then sparked the Zack Snyder cut movement and then got this. So I guess, I mean, squeak a wheel gets the Reese. Yep. But like he's doing it again, but with his second draft, like his, his second movie, he's trying <sighs> to like, he's talking every day about what was going to come up in his second draft. Paramount of which get it. Cause it's actually not Paramount. Um, he was going to ship Bruce Wayne and Lois Lane. It rhymes, which I abhor more than anything on this planet. Oh, but think of the sweet little love poems they could write because they could, they, their names would, it'd be so good. Yes. My, my, my main, I almost said Paramount again. You gotta not use fancy words twice in a row. Yeah, sticks out. My main complaint with that is that Lois Lane would never date Bruce Wayne. But it rhymes. Lois Lane would not date him, and he would not. She would not date Batman. Whether or not she knows that they're the same person. Well, you also thought Ana de Armas wouldn't ba- date Batman, but look how that turned out. No, Ana de Armas, I am all for dating Batman, <laughs> not Ben Affleck. <laughs> Lois, same thing. Lois, no. <laughs> Lois Lane has too much respect for herself and is too powerful of a character mm-hmm. to stoop to a Bruce Wayne girl. Yeah. And also, she has too much respect for herself to date someone who's a vigilante like Batman. So whether or not she knows who Bruce Wayne really is, she wouldn't go for it. <laughs> are you saying that Ana de Armas' standards are so low that she would date a vigilante like Batman, or... No, her standards are high enough that she would know how to handle it. Sure. Lois, okay. different standards. I don't know, man. Shut up. <laughs> Stop bringing her into this. She's not, she's not a fictional person. <laughs> It's just, what a stupid, stupid, stupid idea. Like, it's just, it, it's not only, like, a little wrong, mm-hmm. it's just not, it's a, it's a fundamental misunderstanding, which I've said about him so many times with DC properties. It's a fundamental misunderstanding of the mm-hmm. characters. <laughs> yeah. I hate <laughs> his, I'm not gonna say I hate him. I hate his vision for DC. Yes so much that was a very mature and uh emotionally (laughs) well-adjusted torrent of vitriol (laughs) (laughs) i i just i want him i want him out of i want him out of the picture for dc yeah i want him hopefully army of the dead's really good and he's like oh yeah i can do my own creative things and this will be fun and i'll be good at it absolutely go do his own creative things yeah netflix throws 400 million dollars a year at him to make (laughs) movies (laughs) i'm fine with that i he's he's not a terrible director he just has a fundamental misunderstanding of a property that i care very much about yeah that's that that's what it boils down to yep you you people casual people might like you people you people you people (laughs) you plebeians (laughs) might like the dc stuff you're wrong but that's fine (laughs) i mean the stuff that he has his touch has not sullied has been pretty good mostly bvs was his was fully his idea yeah, the vision. stuff that he has not touched. Oh, the stuff that he has not touched. Right, yes. Yeah. Wonder um, Woman, Aquaman, Shazam. Okay, yeah. So let's say the Zack Snyder, you might like his movies, whatever. It is it is a fundamental misunderstanding of the property. It's like if you liked Harry Potter and he came along and was like, you know what? I'm going to have Harry Potter and Dobby be a relationship. Huh? 
Uh... Oh, just to follow up on your Zack Snyder Justice League thing. Um, they there was a lot of speculation that they're gonna they were going to release it theatrically. They've come out this week and said, nah, probably not. Good. God. Okay. I'm, I'm really disappointed if only because it's so long that they would have had an intermission. And I think movies should have <laughs> intermissions again. I mean, I was going to say something along the same lines. I do not want to sit in a theater for four hours. You don't. You sit for two hours and then you go yeah. up, stretch your legs, go I mean, for a leisurely fine. stroll, maybe go I'd to the bathroom. That. But yeah. also, would I really get back into the theater after seeing... if? If they gave me an opportunity to walk out of the Justice League movie, <laughs> would I go back in? That's the real question. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I saw the first half. It was bad. All right. But yeah, no, I, I get antsy enough. ADHD, I get antsy enough sitting down for an hour. Like, I would not be able to sit down for four hours. But speaking of enemies <laughs> to people. All right. Such as Zack Snyder to the to the quality of dc this is part four of our four part hour our i went irish that's not canadian at all oh that's not uh part four of a four-part series of the development of the superhero identity yeah the 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 culture of a superhero and part of that that we we you and I believe part of the superhero oh, don't culture me into this. is that supervillains are about is okay. So for me, I personally believe that uh, you can't have a superhero without a supervillain. I think you're wrong and stupid and should leave. All right. It didn't squeak as much as you wanted. I, I really wanted it to speak more. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about supervillains. All right, let's do it. Uh, I think the what what have we talked about so far this week? This month. Uh, so we talked about the mythological origin of sort of a superheroic figure by yes. a different name, talking about really a lot of Greek mythology, because that's kind of the, the biggest one that's baked into our culture. But all sorts of cultures have this mythic hero idea. Yep. And then you talked about sort of the literary hero, sort of a proto-superhero. Yeah. Um, the antediluvianary, uh, antediluvian age. Antediluvian age of superheroes. That's actually called. The official technical term for it that I forgot until right like this very Robin Hood and... Scarlet uh, Pimpernickel. I get it mixed up on purpose, but I still do get it mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the Zorro, all the... Yeah, these, these old people ones. like that. Yeah. And um, last week, last week we talked about the modern interpretations of the mythological hero, um, and kind of recontextualizing ancient heroes into yeah. a, like what 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 is our culture view as a superhero? Right, and a lot of that was kind of answering why the, the question why it's hard to create a mythological hero or take an old mythological hero and bring them into a right. modern context, which kind of suggests that superheroes are filling that void right now. Right. So, what are we talking about this week? This week! I guess you already told us. I did. Uh, we're talking about supervillains, and, you know, through all the progression of this this time, like Robin Hood, Theseus, mm -hmm. they've had to come against something that is sure. worth the brilliance of a very intelligent uh, vigilante or the power of an ancient Greek demigod mm -hmm. things like that they needed to go against them you can't just go against tom the burglar <laughs> sure <laughs> you put perseus against tom the burglar and tom the burglar is going to be tom the blood smear <laughs> within a second uh so you need these you need you need something to to 
at least make it interesting, which is where right. this, this premise of supervillain comes from. And Need conflict. As, as long as there's been a superhero or a hero or so along those lines, mm-hmm. there have been the supervillains. Yep. And I'm going to start this whole thing with, I'm going to try to get you to, I have five categories. Okay. Disclaimer. This is not my original ideas. I generally had like the, the thoughts, nah. but uh, same book as last time. Uh, okay. I cannot remember the name. I did not write it down like an idiot. Maybe if I click Boy, on this thing, this is um, going well. It, it is a book about essentially like what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And he wrote it down. It is the superhero, the secret origin of a genre by Peter Coogan. Uh, right. I remember you telling me that title yes. before. Uh, and this is another chapter in that book that Ooh, I just okay. read. I actually read it this time instead of skimming very quickly to get notes for that episode. Hey, I actually read this. Good lad. Um, but he talks a lot about um, the development and examples of them. I want to tie it a lot more into the past episodes we've uh, we've okay. had. Also, the episode about uh, antagonists. Ah, I was wondering if that rem- was going to come back. Do you remember the categories for the antagonist episode? Uh, no, not even slightly. <laughs> so there's the opposer. <laughs> Okay. That is the You're person opposer. who is not inherently vindictive. They vindictive. are vindictive. Thank you. Uh, vindictive. The their goals just happen to come toe to toe with the our our supposed hero. Mm-hmm. Great example of that is Aaron Burr in the Hamilton musical, where yeah. it's just he has his own ambitions. Mm-hmm. It just happens to make him a villain for the person that we are told is the hero. Yep. Oftentimes, you can just recontextualize the so- story of an antagonist and protagonist with an opposer. Mm-hmm. It's just the same. It's just the the other person's a good guy. The environment villain, which is more of a force mm-hmm. than an actual character. Examples mm-hmm. such as like, Cloverfield monster. Cloverfield monster. Zombies. Yep. Just being lost in the woods. I mean, mm-hmm. 127 hours was a rock. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and not um, a Dwayne the Rock Johnson. And not 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 the fun one. Um, and then the anti-hero. Is that what we called it? Anti-self. Anti-self. We literally just listened to it and I'm bad at remembering. Yep. The anti-self. It is the... Uh, the... Is the self sabotage yep. of of one's own ambitions. Yep. Well, I'm really talking about two of them. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, mainly the villain. Okay. But also the uh, the opposer might apply to some of these in okay. some cases. Sure. Now, now that we've had that handled, that's okay. a recap of the antagonist episode. Let's start talking about some villains. Let's see if we can figure out if you right. can figure out what these five categories are for a supervillain. Okay. So let's start talking about villains. What's okay. a villain? Name me a villain. Uh, Sinestro. Sinestro. Cool. What is he? What, what in your mind? Mm-hmm. What's his whole thing? He loves the color yellow. He thinks it brings out his eyes, mm-hmm. and he wears it all the time. Yes. Green Lantern, of course, is very unhappy about this because yellow is just an inferior version of green. So he punches him right. repeatedly. Okay. Comics. He's all about fear. He's the, the fear guy. The yellow lanterns are all about, uh, I don't know, do they eat fear like it or the, do they it's instill fear in people? The, the gen- there's kind of like an energy of fear that uh, okay. people around them are fearful and their power gets ring. Okay. Their ring gets power. Their power gets ring. <laughs> their ring gets power. So like if, 
if I have a ring right now, the more mm-hmm. afraid I make you, the more powerful my ring would be. I'm terrified. I'm literally shaking. That's why here. my ring is just like shaking on my hand right now. Yep. I'm not wearing a ring. So, okay. So there's Sinestro. What are, what are some other villains? Uh... Don't even have to think <laughs> comics. Think, I'm assuming you haven't seen the Instagram post, which would give it all away, by the way. I have seen the Instagram post, but I don't remember. <laughs> oh, name some villains that aren't from comic books. Uh, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. It's a good okay. one. What's what's it, what's his deal? What's... Voot, voot, voot. I am your father. <laughs> okay. Uh, name some from maybe classic literature. Uh, Cardinal Richelieu from Three Musketeers. Don't know. Can't help you on that one. I haven't read it since like seventh grade. All right, let's 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 start with <laughs> one. Uh, let's start with Darth Vader. Okay. What what kind of if you had to describe a category of a villain that he would fit in, what what might you start to what, what might you think in general? Uh, something along the lines of like a fallen hero, or a, or is that not the direction what? you're going? Not, like yeah, specifically, okay, so, like so when we're talking about like a villain, it is a it's an archetype of what they do, not okay. necessarily their origin. Mm-hmm. But it's what they are. Okay. Uh so he's um he's imposing, he's scary, he's uh he's kind of like well, I said it before, he's like the, the leader of the military that's uh um trying to cr- crush this uh this yeah. Yeah, 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 vicious you're, insurrection. You're getting there. So he's he's sort of a, a leader type. Okay. Uh um, how much do you know about Paradise Lost? Heard of it, John Milton. Yeah. Uh what would you call Satan? He's kind of the enemy of Paradise Lost. Yeah. And what what's uh what 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 kind of what kind of makes him similar to Darth Vader? They have uh, an attraction to the color red. <laughs> I haven't read Paradise Lost. Oh, okay. Uh let's go someone <laughs> else. Let's go uh uh Rachel Ghoul. Don't know who that is. Rachel Ghoul. I do know who that yeah, is. Yeah, you do. I'm messing with you. So, uh from Batman Begins mm-hmm. or also from comics. Uh also he's... if you are mm-hmm. stupid and have no taste, Arrow. Yeah. yeah he was in it for a little bit it was uh, them trying to make green arrow batman for five uh, seasons yep so uh, what's he what's he uh he's uh he's charismatic he trains people he um i'm literally just basing this off batman begins no i mean you're yeah so you you've you've touched on it very like almost explicitly okay with darth vader and with rachel ghoul mm-hmm. what's something that you would kind of categorize the two of them together villains yeah <laughs> <laughs> more specifically bad guys i feel like that's less specific i'll do one more hitler oh literal hitler in marvel comics okay what do all the three of them have in common they're sort of leaders commanders die you said the word okay <laughs> yeah you've got the enemy commander commander okay that is that is one type of supervillain uh all right name some let's name some other villains that don't fit with a commander archetype okay uh kingpin from daredevil perfect that is actually one of my examples good what uh what what makes him what makes him scared what makes him a a threat well he's kind of a leader a commander of this uh you son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs) um he's uh he's very smart but he kind of remains in the shadows he's more of a string puller okay um is the puppeteer one of the titles that is it, it is very close okay uh i'll give you another couple that are uh it's 
less along the lines of uh, Puppeteer. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Riddler. The okay. Riddler. Okay. Uh, you're, I mean, you've, you're close. So obviously mm-hmm. the Riddler's not a stretch from what you're already on. Okay. But he's less of a puppeteer. Mm-hmm. Think, think more simply than that, honestly. Manipulator? Uh... I mean, you definitely said it early on. Okay. Criminal Mastermind. Okay. It's just the, just the really intelligent person that it's it, it and we'll get I'm going to get into more about what makes them all appealing and what kind of stuff they tell in story mm-hmm. contexts. Uh let's do more. Okay. We've got let's two down. Oh boy. All yeah. right. But you're doing great. You're, you yes. you you I Go me. You're I'm getting having like fun. 95% of the way there and basically the last five I have seen the semantics. Instagram post. It's lodged in the back of my brain somewhere. <laughs> uh That is the perfect amount. <laughs> uh let's do more villains. Okay. Uh, more villains. Let's see. Um, oh, uh, gosh. Uh, Green Goblin, I guess. I don't know. That was kind of a random one. A little bit left uh, field. Kind I think he fits more in Criminal Mastermind, but I think he would fit in another category. Okay. Let's, uh, let's talk about Green Goblin. What, what's uh, what's his deal? He really likes the color green. Yes. Whereas Spider-Man is all about those primary reds and blues. That is the third category, Green Lovers. <laughs> it's all those... <laughs> environment those tree huggers mm-hmm. <laughs> so what makes him what makes him a threat like what what's kind of what's... he's got a scary goblin face that's pretty yeah yeah i don't know much about comet greenland or green goblin so i'm gonna go off of the sam raimi green goblin oh <laughs> it's willem dafoe he's got a scary goblin yes. face <laughs> uh what's what's something what 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 makes him a threat as 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 an enemy uh he's got a lot of technological prowess and he can uh throw bombs at people and fly his little glider all around yeah (laughs) yes you're you're right on there you're right on that okay cusp so like the the engineer sort of something in that direction uh another fantastic example is literal victor frankenstein (laughs) okay scientist there it is all right mad scientist just the 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 like we'll get into it more that's that's the category i keep wanting to dig in but like we'll right. get to them okay okay more give me more uh, uh, so much pressure tangential to one we just mentioned uh frankenstein's monster there you go hey yeah i was starting to think of like <laughs> other green goblin people <laughs> uh also think of a spider-man villain that you think might be might be related to him uh, mm, amazing spider-man uh the lizard yeah there we go there we go sort of the monster yep, the creature that's it. monster <laughs> cool <laughs> that was a quick one uh we've got one more and this is one of my favorites uh i really only have one example um, big space cloud galactus parallax yes <laughs> giant blue spice sky beam um i only have one because i didn't i, could, I couldn't really the the book didn't give very many examples, but I think it is one that is uh um I think it's something that kinda does intersect with the other ones very often. Okay. Um what is I'll lead you to it. What is one of the biggest flaws with many of the MCU villains? Uh they're basically just a, a cheap imitation of the hero. There it is. Inverted supervillain. Like that it's uh. that kind of it over it overarches it, but it's kind of the I mean, what's a bad version of like whoever? What's a bad version of Iron Man? It's just a guy, the same guy in a suit that got the mm-hmm. suit and just 
Like, I mean, they'll have motivations of like the like the criminal mastermind, Mm -hmm. but for the most part, I mean, this one tends to be more of the villain. It tends to just be vindictive. I got it right this time. Uh, vindictive. I I'm it's mad vindicative. at the guy. Vindicate. Oh shoot! Oh nuts! <laughs> oh dang! Nar darn rats! Um, what was that bit? <laughs> I hated that bit. I I want to move on. Um, Leave it engage. Huh? Leave it engage. <laughs> Thanks, Gage. Uh, so those are the five. We okay. have the monster. We have the enemy commander. We have the mad scientist, the criminal mastermind, and the inverted superhero supervillain. Let's go through those one by one and let's just talk about like what kind of sure what what they do with the story okay the monster the monster these probably tend to be a little more one-dimensional it's just uh i'm hungry or uh i'm godzilla and i'm gonna stomp on the city except apparently he's like the good guy in all these so i don't Uh, know not necessarily uh a couple other examples are killer croc okay uh yeah he's got a little more complexity to him he's got some complexity he does so is there an element of like social isolation, social outcast because you're monstrous? Because that Frankenstein killer croc connection right there kind of. Let's delve into that more because okay. my first example is Grendel from the Beowulf story. Uh, where it's, it's, it is, it's kind of that innocence, that misunderstanding, like, mm-hmm. um, I mean, so for the lizard, like kind of fits in the mad scientist realm because he kind of yeah, turned himself. He's but a mad scientist who turns himself into a I don't know the story of the lizard in the comics. If Me like, neither. Once he becomes the lizard, he's like that, but. Like, yeah, isolationist, like, uh, my, my, my thing here is like a twisted image Mm -hmm. of humanity in some way. Okay. Um, yeah, the, we're scared of it because we're scared we could become it. Like that's the worst it's in ourselves. This, this is going back to one of our Halloween episodes. I don't remember. Was it the werewolf one? (laughs) Uh, yes. Yeah. It's fear of it and fear of becoming it. Yeah. Yeah um yeah no i really like that that isolationist uh kind of misunderstanding mm-hmm. uh let's talk about that more you got mm-hmm. any other like ideas coming from that yeah the uh the shark from jaws i think was really the good guy it was uh it was an I'm overcrowded just around and i'm just a little hungry and look little <laughs> little tummy yum yums <laughs> <laughs> yeah the beach was overcrowded he needed to reduce it i think yep. poor shark yep so sad just ha- trying to handle overpopulation man yeah doing his part yeah one one leg at a time go you shark anyway anyway (laughs) so yeah i I think there's a there's a very interesting um dynamic with superheroes like kind of the stories that are told with the monster tends to be it's just this it's it's attacking Mm -hmm. and needs to be put down in a way yeah but there's like a there's an element of pity to it yeah I'm, it's kind I'm, of a moral quandary for the villain or for the hero often yeah i'm thinking of uh just a particular panel from uh long halloween where batman leaves a thanksgiving dinner in the sewer for solomon grundy yeah there's that that pity that sympathy but like you're not okay you gotta yeah. stay down here in the sewer and if you come at me i'm gonna punch you what was uh what was grindle's whole deal oh because he like uh grindle kept attacking because the long haul was just being super loud in the movie version yeah oh is that not in the comic or comic in the book (laughs) in the story uh so yeah um often a pity pity element to it Mm -hmm. and uh there's also a a super strength to like typically with these monsters that they're yeah they are an overpowering or overbearing creature Mm -hmm. um so frankenstein's monster actually i don't even have him as a list as, as an example um 
Not really yeah. a villain if you think about it, but also kind of a villain because he was like attacking people, wasn't he? I haven't read the book. Man, we gotta we need to get cultured before we have a podcast on entertainment. Oops. Um, <laughs> okay, so that's let's move on from monster a little bit. We kind of got a good understanding. Let's uh-huh. talk about the enemy commander. Okay. What would the enemy enemy commander do in the context of a story? What kind of threat do they face? Uh, they usually tend to be um sort of a big dominating um take over the world or galaxy or universe kind of kind of yeah. threat um and not necessarily in like cover it in a, a reign of darkness so the dark elves can come back kind of way but like uh, <laughs> i read some thor comics recently that have malekith in it and boy i did not realize how dirty that movie did him oh really is he like yeah. a great character in the book he's he's a, a much more like the joker oh yeah okay yeah much more interesting i'll get into it later down the road yeah. yeah um no but like they they're often very much driven by like a sense of order or by a particular i guess moral code or mm-hmm. just lust for power yeah um and they want to impose that on everybody yeah and they have a lightsaber to do it with <laughs> Yeah, no, you're you're right. My my uh, two main kind of key points were conquerors and a threat to life. Often, uh, oftentimes when there's mm. an enemy commander enemy, it is they are coming to the hero's home place in some yeah. way. Invader, and yeah. they need to be. Oh my God, is Darth Vader literally short for invader? It's well, George it's, Lucas is a bad writer. It's also it's also sort of well. No, I was gonna say it's sort of like father, like Vader. Oh, I think that actually got there. I don't think it's deliberate. No, because uh, German German for father is Vater. Yeah, I would Vater. I yeah. would assume that. I think that actually did. Yeah. But, anyway, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's often a, a threat to the way of life of the mm-hmm. natives. Um, that is when they're invading. Another common trope with uh, what 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 would you think is like a um a main plot point if the the hero is going to the home place of the invader so let's or the of the of the enemy like let's mm-hmm. say luke skywalker going to the death star mm-hmm. what do you think wait didn't really happen in the movie he's got to overcome a lot of little enemy minions a lot of minions many, unending many minions. force yep just i mean every time batman goes to the league of shadows yep. just oh so many ninjas to the left ninjas to the right don't know where this is coming from but i'll do it all night <laughs> i am so happy that it actually rhymed that was so nice moving on <laughs> no uh th- i think that's uh that is often a th- uh, uh what, what kind of themes play into that uh power and dominance versus or like order versus freedom mm-hmm. um it's uh, often a very imperialistic fear that is played into stories mm-hmm. yeah exactly uh the sort of the the threat to your way of life um i guess you kind of covered that already a little bit but um like oftentimes it's a it's a tradition versus progress mechanism Mm, you see that a little bit like um i'm thinking of uh saruman from uh, lord of the rings yeah he kind of comes in and um treebeard says yeah he has a mind of metal now and he's 
he's breaking down the the old society to control it in his new yeah. new reshaping image invading yeah invading middle earth invading dominating and reworking yeah would you would you say that Sar- uh, saruman is enemy commander or like no that that i think that fits i, the best I think one. he fits commander pretty yeah. well yeah so especially sauron like sauron's just yeah sauron brute force sauron more so i think saruman fit better with my example of reshaping the right yeah that's a really good uh, that's an interesting point because i think some of the more interesting stories that can be told with uh a commander is that progress versus innovation like uh, or progress versus tradition Mm -hmm. um that the hero might have some moral quandaries with like you know they're invading us but also like their maybe their medicine is phenomenal like their mm-hmm. life expectancy is twice ours there can be interesting stories to be told that yeah um you have your way of life and then an invader comes in with a different way of life that might be more progressive it it does impose a, a different perspective on you right yeah okay so that's uh that's the end of the commander mad scientist <laughs> uh what what makes a mad scientist interesting uh that they're not really in it for the villainy they're in it for the creative aspect of it. Um, I'm thinking of Dr. Poison from Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Maybe a better written version of Dr. Poison from Wonder <laughs> Woman. Uh, sort of uh, Mr. Freeze from Batman, although he does have like a an ulterior motive beyond right. just the creativity of it. Right. Would that fall under the category still? Yeah, I, I, I would think that... Um... I think Mr. Freeze is a really good example of that, depending on the writing, um, who, yeah. who's writing him. But no, he's, uh, to explain Mr. Freeze's story real quick, he, his wife, or not wife, depending on who's writing, mm-hmm. uh, wa- contracted a, uh, became terminally ill mm-hmm. with something that they did not have a cure for. And so she uh, opted into an experimental cryo- cryo-freezing mm-hmm. experiment to put herself in stasis until they came out with a cure. Mm-hmm. Um, they now have a cure, but they don't have a way to undo the cryo freeze. And uh, Mr. Freeze is obsessed with coming up with a solution to unfreeze her uh, by, and needs the funds to do so, to do so mm-hmm. typically in form of stealing diamonds because diamonds are ice. It can be considered ice yeah. depending on slang. Uh, so that's his whole thing. So he does his his passion is for the science to bring his love back. Uh, I thought ice was slang for methamphetamines, but what it do is I know? also that he does also love meth. <laughs> that explains very little, actually, as it turns out. <laughs> no, but yes, uh, it, it is that it is the desire. The desire. What I have written is the desire for science eclipses morality. Mm-hmm. Um, often with uh, if we're going with Hitler, then Doctor Goebbels, Goebbels. Yeah, yeah, like it, it, the while he was a god awful human being and mm-hmm. should never have been on this planet for the sake of humanity, also everything he did was for the sake of science. Yep. Like that is a mad scientist villain. I'm not defending Goebbels. Look at him over here defending Goebbels. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm I'm somehow envisioning some sort of uh, World War II parody where it's uh, Fuhrer Hamster and his assistant gerbils (laughs) that's as far as i've gotten before my brain's shutting down but (laughs) something (laughs) oh what a dumb joke (laughs) so that's that's the mad scientist it's while it is the simplest to identify and kind of and categorize Mm -hmm. i also find it one of the more interesting ones 
Yeah. Because it does also because I'm so like I I often struggle with my faith because of my drive for science and understanding scientific things. Mm-hmm. Um th- this just naturally makes it really interesting. It's just like I'm watch I'm reading a book or ro- watching a show or something that's a mad scientist villain and they're like, "Yeah, I can literally just like prolong your life." And it's like, "Yeah, but you're being a bad guy doing it." And I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> "But like he cured cancer. Like, what are you going to mm-hmm. really? Like, there's a lot of like, again, similar to enemy commander, there can be some moral issues with, mm-hmm. uh, with this, where is this person really like in the long run behooving humanity? Behooving? Yeah. Behooving is like a benefit. It's like benefiting humanity. Pretty sure that's not, not, not the right use of that word. Probably challenged all right i i forfeit you can have it yes. i don't care that much about it. <laughs> next one criminal math criminal criminal math criminal mastermind <laughs> criminal mastermind criminal mastermind what's uh what's their deal they're kind of in it for the fun of the thing they want to outsmart people um well i'm thinking specifically of the riddler yeah for, for that Riddler's case. obsession is being the smartest person and yeah uh depending on the story uh zero year batman zero year which is mm-hmm. kind of first time riddler showed up it was he felt people were stupid and so he was holding them captive until they were smarter i mean like he Public wants schools? people to be smarter but like also just you know nuked the, like, all of gotham with an emp mm. right before a uh category five hurricane hit gotham oh so like <laughs> oh <laughs> uh but a crystal cr- criminal mastermind uh not a whole lot of moral issues going on yeah rather intellectual yeah so i guess i guess there probably are more than there's two categories here then at least that i'm seeing there is more of the the riddler type or maybe even like the hannibal lecter where they're just like they want to be the smartest person in the room. They yeah. think they are. It's sort of a ego thing almost. Mm-hmm. They just, they, they're smart and they're outside the bounds of society's control. Yeah. They do what they want. And then there's also the sort of kingpin Lex Luthor type criminal mastermind right. where they're more of a manipulative string puller and they still, they're, they sort of have that commander instinct for power and domination and mm-hmm. imposing their particular order on the world, but their means are much more subtle. Yeah. Uh, a couple other examples are want to go real old Edgar Allan Co- Edgar Allan Poe's Minister D. I don't know if you know who that is. I didn't know who that was. I don't until know who I that came is. Across, so I really quickly read that whole thing. Um, and all of the Bond villains. <laughs> yeah, all of them are masterminds. I don't think yeah. there's a single one that really fits into. Boy, I'm going to start it's, thinking of Bond villains now. Because the thing is, like, it's the, the, the threat of a criminal mastermind is the, is is purely intellectual with the with the ones who want to be smarter than everyone. Like, it's like with the Riddler, it's, hey, I'm about to kill 100,000 people, Batman. I have left the evidence, like the clues, the riddles for mm-hmm. you to solve it. But if you don't solve it, then I'm the best one and you get punished because I killed 100,000 people. Yep. Um. What's... And yellow, stuff like like kingpin. yellow three ounces and extremely dangerous sinistro <laughs> <It's a> three <laughs> ounces yes <laughs> canary with a machine gun <laughs> that's amazing i think it's, it's from the batman 66 movie oh jesus <laughs> so it's like kingpin is your is your other is your other yeah. uh, category of um 
Kingpin, He's got Lex Luthor, bald men with, with criminal enterprises. Issues. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Walter it's, White. It's often, um, it often provides an intellectual boost for the hero in the story. Like the goal, mm-hmm. the goal of using the hero or using a, a, a mastermind like this is to tell the audience that the hero's smart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's essentially, uh, so for the mad scientist is to give you the moral level of the hero is to make you think that the hero is very morally high standing and is not okay. willing to sacrifice human lives for science mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, the enemy commander is their ability to overcome severe forces. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause the enemy commander, you get the, you know, you got Batman right. punching through 800 people. Like yep. his ability to just handle that. Ninjas to the left. With the monster, the, no, the moment's gone. Can't do it again. With the monster is to show their soul, their heart uh, for mm-hmm. larger. And I think, um, so your example in mm-hmm. year one where he gave it, or Long Halloween. Halloween, he gave, he gave Solomon Grundy some food because it's like, hey, buddy, you're just. You can't really help it. Yeah. Um, I think the Colonel Mastermind is the most like. You know, she's intelligent. Look at look at how smart mm-hmm. Batman is. Look at how smart Spider Man or Daredevil yeah. or whoever you are. Yeah, well, this is why Lex Luthor is such a great Superman villain because it challenges him to be intelligent or yes. to beat that intelligence. Yep, and I uh, I prefer the stories where Superman's like a little smart but like not too smart because mm-hmm. boy, he gives Superman the brains of Batman. And it's just all over. Yeah, but uh, yeah, and then the last one. Actually, before I get before I get into the last one, I want to make a comment about the criminal mastermind. Please do. Adam Worth. Who? Do you know who that is? I don't. Adam Worth is a real life supervillain. Oh. And he is the inspiration for the Sherlock Holmes Moriarty. Oh. <laughs> Was a real life dude that like control that did a whole lot of shit, like uh, robbing banks and stuff through like criminal mastermindy mm-hmm. stuff, and like a real life person. Okay. A lot of things. I did more research on him, but it was a week ago and I had forgotten since. Wow. But real person. Cool. I mean, there's also real life monsters. Take uh, Preston, for example. (laughs) God, what was that? Uh, And then inverted superhero supervillain. Yeah, just just a different version. Just like usually fillers. Yeah. Honestly, in comics. Often. Yeah, just like, uh, yeah, look, it's... It's bizarro it's bizarro. Uh... Just another well bizarro is a lot of interesting bizarro's monster I, you can make them interesting yeah yeah i think really though i think anytime you do make one of these interesting it tends to fall into one of the other categories mm-hmm. um maybe mandarin is a bit more of a criminal mastermind yeah like well i guess he also wasn't like in the he's not a inferred of inverse of batman or of uh iron man um uh whiplash whiplash is just an inverse of bat or i keep saying batman iron man Mm -hmm. but also he like could have been a mad scientist yeah he is a little bit he's a little bit but like had they done that better had they done him more interestingly he could have been a little bit more of a mad scientist Mm -hmm. um or monster like because he was kind of used by hammer yeah but uh those are those are my five. Okay, that's five. I have nowhere else to go with this, and we are at 
an hour and 10 minutes, hour and 15 minutes. Yep. So I think it is time that we start like kind of wrapping up saying our finishing thoughts. Okay. What, uh, which of these do you like the most? Which of these tends to be your favorite archetypes uh, of a supervillain? Boy, that's a, that's a, it's a great question. Um, I mean, really, I think I like any of them as long as they, the story is well done. That's true. Yeah. Um, assuming i think i've done this to you before with so assuming they're or, all good yeah. yeah assuming they're all equal quality good yep which one do you think is more interesting to you so um, for example for mine mine was like mad scientist is probably mm-hmm. mine because i am very scientific minded right and it does give me you know we've talked about like what makes me like stories is when i feel dread mm-hmm. terrible for the emotional state but <laughs> uh but that one like it, it makes me think it makes mm-hmm. me think a lot because it's something that i care a lot about and it causes moral moral quandaries i've said that four times in this episode so far <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um instinct probably towards the well i was gonna say the criminal mastermind but the criminal mastermind subcategory well no what appeals to you with each of them um with the the monster i i like the the fact that pity and you get some of these kind of different feelings in there yeah um the the lack of control and the just um like uh like a uh um chaotic like you don't know what they're gonna do next yeah i kind of out of control yeah yeah a little bit um i really like versions of killer croc where he's kind of just you know he's he's doing his own thing and Mm -hmm. then batman bursts in once a month and beats him up and he's well i mean some of the best versions is not even that like batman bursts in and beats him up it's just batman's chasing someone through the sewers killer croc shows up and he's like what's up wayne i don't have to do anything with you just like go back into your hole yeah like you're not i mean obviously you're not any anybody right now so we don't have any beef yeah they've teamed up a couple times hell yeah sure uh let's see the criminal mastermind i like the um i like the ones that are i i don't generally like the uh sort of ego driven i want to feel smarter than you those never really compel me i guess yeah um but i like the ones that are kind of pulling strings behind the scenes that are um, always in control because it always feels like they're one step ahead and so the hero has to um come up with some creative ways to uh figure out how to get at them i guess uh let's see what are the other three categories the enemy commander enemy commander um that one i think can kind of just be kind of a fun like oh yeah they're really good at their job they're really good (laughs) at being bad i like that um and if they're you know well done is just sort of a scenery chewer or just a imposing scary type then cool you know they they fill sort of that desire to be daunt am i secretly (laughs) did i just discover something about myself i I never in a million years would have seen that sentence coming sure uh your desire to be dominated awesome Uh, yep uh yeah that's that one um maybe i should watch 50 shades of gray maybe christian gray would be a, a good enemy commander villain for for me maybe christian yellow yeah seem to be on a yellow bender today talking about canaries and sinestro yellow bender. i mean i am curious why sinestro was the first villain that popped into your mind it's because he's unbeatable in the deck building game <sighs> inverted hero inverted i like hero. it i like it when it's a not just an inversion that is 
evil and punches them, but is somehow an inversion of their moral beliefs. And the Ooh, example yeah. I'm thinking of is Killmonger from Black Panther. Yes, that is a very good. I mean, sure, they're just mirror. CGI guys in cat suits that hit each other until one of them decides to die. But it's the the writing of the character that creates this. Um, uh, it, it's a challenge to the ideals of the character. It's... They're polar opposite origins. They're polar mm-hmm. opposite mor- morals. Yeah. Not really morals, even. like Not morals necessarily. I mean, one of them is willing to go to greater lengths than the other. Right. But just completely different perspective and completely... They, they challenge the hero. The hero wins and the hero learns something about themselves from a, what could have been themselves. Right. Just a, a different version. Yeah. So... Uh, those appeal to me when they're done well, but it is more difficult to do one well. Right. I think that it takes a lot of planning. What's the fifth one? Mad one scientist. Mad scientist. Um, I that one might be the one that appeals to me most as well, but for a different reason. I just i I like the the passion for creative creativity and yeah. for um just dedication to to one thing, and maybe part of me secretly wishes that I could just be passionate and creative and not have to care about Mm -hmm. uh morality and how many people i slaughter to do so yeah Um, yeah all right yeah so i don't know it i'm this is it's harder for me to pick one than i thought right i can think of good examples that i like for each and bad examples that i don't like for each Mm -hmm. um where would you put the joker um i would put him in arkham asylum in a very (laughs) Very heavy cell. Cell 0801. That is canonically his cell. Okay. Cell 0801. There was a really cool story uh, in a recent Batman comic that I read that uh, there was a villain that Batman beat. It's just like this this criminal mm-hmm. that was like a little criminally insane, but like his whole obsession was the fact that nobody knew who he was. He was like, I don't want to be known. Like, I am nobody. Like, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, cool. I'm going to throw you in the Joker's cell. And he's like, no, like now the Joker knows who I am because <laughs> I'm in his cell. It is making me know what I was like. That is the most petty punishment that Batman could dole out on somebody. And Love I it. loved it. That's good. <laughs> no, I think Joker's a really interesting, like he's kind yeah. of a lot of them. Like yeah. he kind of, he, he he doesn't knowingly attract or make an army, mm-hmm. but he does get an army following. Uh, he's obviously like a mastermind because he does all these elaborate plans uh he's like he creates these like laughing gases so he's kind of a scientist not really the moral scientist no actual proper thing but like just likes messing with stuff and using it on people and clearly he's a monster yep and we have talked extensively about how he is just the antithesis of batman like he is the inversion of batman and he's just like that's why i think he's one of my favorite villains is he just he fits so well into all of these and so mm-hmm. few like really no other enemy fits so well into every single category. Yeah. The shark from Jaws. He has a That's a, true. He's he a has, criminal mastermind. He's just like yeah. he, he planned that all out. Yeah, he's no. Like, that he's, is a small boat. Yep. He's <laughs> and he, he lures him out into the open ocean. Fun fact, he actually has a master's degree in chemistry from Baylor University. <laughs> 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 what a specific what <laughs> all right uh who's who thesisizes is it hot seat or not hot seat it's hot seat is it hot seat yeah have i always thesisized my own i would ca- i would say an enemy a uh, super villains have throughout time 
given an opportunity for the hero to develop skills, whether it be ethical, mm-hmm. moral, uh, intellectual, or brute strength. Sure. And ability. Uh, allowing for, and, and, and throughout time, supervillains have just given that hero an opportunity to do such mm-hmm. with very particular archetypes. Okay. Aforementioned archetypes. I don't feel like reading them again. Good lad. Good enough? Sure. All right. Not my best one. I'm disappointed. Probably not my worst one. If I thought about it more. Also, it is 9.15. We've been recording for an hour and a half. And it's a Friday. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I have a test to do tomorrow. Shallst we? We'd better shallst. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This uh, concludes our four-part series on the rise of the superhero in popular culture, except maybe we'll get secret parts five and six at some point farther down the line. (laughs) Who knows? Could happen. Uh, hope you've enjoyed this. Um, if you have and you want to check out our other podcasts on a variety of topics mostly related to entertainment, media, and movely, movely, namies, and teams, and comms. Boy, some words are going to come out of my mouth over the next couple of minutes, but I don't know if they're going to make any sense, so buckle up. Uh, you can find other podcasts of ours where we talk about other topics in entertainment media on SoundCloud and iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and probably some other places as well. But those are kind of the big ones that I can remember off the top of my head. We're on social media. We're on Facebook. Um, we're on Instagram. Mentioned that at the top of the show. That's at Just Us Losers Pod. We do a lot of our fun fan interaction stuff there. We do some little pictures, some call aheads, and it's a it's a good time there's some interesting things if i had looked more closely at the instagram post i would have been able to to uh see right through preston's facade and understand ah, I fooled you. understand all of his secret workings and be able to hop in with good ideas mastermind. very good yes we're on twitter at justice losers pod where i did tweet you did. I did tweet. What did you tweet? The, the, those two pictures that I put in the group meme. That if you go to our Twitter, you'll see them. Oh. It's just oh yes. Laughing like a maniac at. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and maybe we're gonna get pressed into live tweet Zack Snyder's Justice League. I keep oh, pushing for maybe. this. I really hope so. This would kind of be my favorite thing, but I kind of also feel like it'll just be a letdown because you've never live tweeted something before, and I don't know if. I, I imagine it's an art form which which takes a little bit of effort and yeah. cultivation to really develop. But yeah, it's worth a shot. It'll be fun. We're on Gmail. On G that's not a thing people say. We have a Gmail. We have a Gmail. Uh if we I was gonna say said anything historically inaccurate, but that's not really applicable on this one. Uh if you've got thoughts on heroes or villains or their role in culture or status as mythic icons in the enduring collective human psyche then you can send your five paragraph essays to just us losers pod at gmail.com um so that'll, that'll be good that'll be nice uh we're on youtube so uh you're listening to the audio version of this right now on soundcloud or itunes or spotify or podbean or iHeartRadio or probably some other place that i haven't even heard of I don't even know what the kids are into these days. Uh, yeah, if you're listening to this. So if you have a friend that might be interested or something, or if you want to see our stupid, stupid faces, you can find that on YouTube. We do little shortened, condensed versions of the, the main discussion of the episode. Um, those will come out uh, Thursday, the week after the episode. So like a week and a half after. So it's, uh, it's fun. It's cool. You get to see the, the little bits of visual humor we throw in. There's occasionally some of that. 
Uh, next week we're talking about movies. The oh yeah, MCU. Uh, now that Wandavision's wrapped up and we kind of have some potential trajectory for that, um, and for the MCU moving forward, we're gonna kind of dive in. We're gonna do some speculation. We're gonna give some suggestions. We're gonna kind of think about what the future of the MCU will look like now that it came to a definitive end and yet is somehow still going. <laughs> <laughs> so. That'll be fun. It'll be a good time. If you have things you want to see the MCU do, if you have a particular movie that you're really excited for coming up or a TV show, uh, if you got fun theories about the end of WandaVision, let us know. One of uh, one of those social media places. Um, be, don't spoil things for people on WandaVision. That'd be impolite and bad, and I would disapprove wholeheartedly. We would shame you mercilessly for all of time. But yeah. Let's wrap this up. Uh, that's everything see you next week not gonna see you this is an audio medium thanks for listening bye bye bye